It just took me a while to realize that what everyone else is telling you isn't that important and to find your, your center and like what really matters to you, what do you value, what are you trying to do, whether it's in the world or for your friends or for your organization, and really be guided by that. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another conversation around servant leadership here at Selen and in the community. Today, we're talking about the way of being, which is being authentic. As you'll recall, there are five ways of being. There's being authentic, being vulnerable, being present, being accepting, and being useful. And uh, we're having conversations with leaders in the community around each one of those ways of being. And today's focus is on authenticity and the importance in our servant leadership practice of being authentic in our relationships. As a reminder, we describe servant leadership or the role of a servant leader at Salon, and the responsibility is really to help the people on your team be their most effective and impactful selves. Uh, And our belief is that in order to do that well, you need to build high trust relationships with the people you are leading so that you know them well enough to understand how to help them be their best. What are their goals and aspirations? What are their um, challenges and things to work on? And your job as a leader is to build the relationships that allow you to be more informed, more insightful, and better able to help those folks be their best. So that's what it's all about. And you can summarize that relationship building um, into sort of those five ways of being and the one we're going to focus on today is authenticity. And, and I think for those of you who've been through the giant training, you know that um, we talk a lot about the importance of to know yourself, to lead yourself is a place to start. So um, really being in tune with who you are authentically, what makes you tick, what you're most passionate about, and making sure that you are staying true to those things that are authentically you rather than trying to be the person that you think the world wants you to be or that your previous leaders have wanted you to be. Being authentic is really about being genuinely, authentically in in touch with who you are and what makes you tick. And what that does in terms of our ability to be more effective leaders is it helps create those higher trusting relationships with the people on your team. We as leaders, when we're being our, our authentic self, you need to be able to admit mistakes. You need to be able to admit when you're unsure about something, when you need more information, you need to be able to engage in a way that allows people around you to to be their authentic selves. As leaders, we need to initiate that engagement. We, we can't wait for the people on our team to do that. We need to bring that that kind of spirit of authenticity into the conversation, into the relationship building, um, because it's up to us. That's what it looks like to be a leader. You got to go first. So um, that's what it's all about. That's what we're going to talk about today a little bit. Really psyched to have joining us today uh, an old friend of mine named Mari Harita. Mari is currently with the Kraken, um, and I'll have her tell you about her career and her role. But Mari and I got to know each other Many years ago, um, as she describes it, we were at the kids' table when we were on the Arts Fund board together many moons ago. We were Mari and I were the youngest by a wide margin on the Arts Fund board at that time. Um, and so we sort of bonded around being the youngest on the Arts Fund board and helping arts organizations in our community. And we learned a lot. Mari ultimately went on to be the head of Arts Fund at some point. <laughs> and uh, we've stayed friends. And I just really admire um, the way Mari has showed up in the community. I, I consider her one of those very authentic people who has really leaned into and built a career around the thing 
things that she cares most about. And some of that is arts and some of that is community engagement. And we'll get a chance to hear a little bit about Mari's journey today. And then I've got some questions um, for you as well. So welcome, Mari. Thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Well, as you alluded to, I've had a somewhat windy career. I started off as a lawyer, um, went to law school, be a job, and joined Vogel and Gates, rest in peace. Uh, did commercial real estate law and litigation for a number of years. Uh, I realized pretty quickly on that that wasn't my passion, but then again, I was there. I really didn't know what else I would do. Uh, I continued to work in law for a while. Uh, I took a break when my daughter was born, then joined. Um, a legal recruiting firm for a couple of years, a national firm. And then as Scott mentioned, in 2012, I threw my hat in the brief for the Arts Fund president CEO role and was selected for that uh, and served in that role for seven years. And then in 2018, the fall of 2018, I met my now boss, Todd Langwicki, who's the CEO of, of Seattle Kraken, which wasn't the Seattle Kraken at the time, nor was I looking for a job. I was I was looking for money because <laughs> that's what I did in my job at Hearts Fund and um, accepted that, was offered a job the next week and then started uh, in January 2019, just a month after the league approved the franchise. When you were first engaging with the Kraken, it was this new thing that was um, sort of clay on the table in many ways, right? Building a brand and an identity and your role, at least as I understand it, in part was to figure out what the community engagement strategy and brand and identity was going to be like. And that that likely had to be rooted in a genuine and authentic caring for um, what that meant. And so can you talk about some of those early days or early meetings and like, okay, how are we going to do this in a way that is authentic and is meaningful um, and is aligned with kind of our values. What, what was that work like? So I, I mentioned briefly, I, I didn't plan on getting this job. I know nothing about, I knew nothing about hockey. I didn't even know a hockey team was coming to town. And it was Howard Wright, Scott, who said, oh, you should meet with Todd Lewicki. Then he's going to be the CEO of the new hockey team. I'm like, what hockey team? <laughs> but I just wanted to introduce myself and uh, myself and Ars Fund and meet him. And and so we chatted for a while. Uh, and he talked about all the work that he had done at the Seahawks and at the NFL and uh, in the golf uh the golf world, and I talked about Arts Fund and tried to make it a more inclusive, representative organization. It was a wonderful conversation, and then I left, and they called me back the next week and basically offered me a job. Todd is a guy who thinks outside the box. He uh, just defies convention. He is he is a visionary of visionaries, and he said he wanted to build something that would uplift and unite this region that would be positive and powerful um, that would leave the city better than we found it. And that would include everyone, make sure that everybody knew that they are a part of the story because hockey has not historically been the most histor- uh, inclusive or representative sport. And I've worked very closely with a number of representatives of corporations that you know are their community person, but they're the messenger, not the vision behind it. And, and I said, if that's what you're looking for, I'm probably not the right person. If you're asking me to come in and help actually build that vision strategy and, and define what those values are, I'm all in because that's incredibly exciting. 
for you personally, what does it look like to be an authentic leader in an organization that is in many ways a startup and, and now trying to have, have an impact? And what does that look like for you in your kind of daily practice? When we arrived at our impact pillars, one is um, helping to address the youth homelessness crisis, primarily through a partnership with youth care. And candidly, that relationship came out of the um, arena deal with the city. Uh, the second is to increase access to hockey and sport and play with a focus on historically marginalized and mar- minoritized youth. And the third is to um, advance environmental justice, uh, working in and with environmental justice communities. And particularly with that third one, but really with all of them, <laughs> we're not the experts. So the first thing we did is is we found out who, who the experts are. We did a bunch of research and reading and then convened a little task force of basically the, the the folks who wrote the HEAL Act and said, hey, you know, this is what we're trying to do. We're new here. We know we're not the experts. We want to learn from those who actually understand this and are living it. So we'll pay you a stipend. Will you just come to a few meetings and define environmental justice to us, define what the needs are, tell us how we might be able to lean into this. That's a good point. Part of authenticity is a willingness to listen, right? And a willingness to admit slash understand that you don't have all the answers you're not you don't need to have all the answers but you need to be able to seek out those who who do and and be a good listener and because it, it'll help you be smarter it'll help you make better decisions you mentioned it, it took you a while to kind of figure out your own voice your own authenticity was there a moment was it a series of events what what did what did that sort of a series you know? of catastrophes um, <laughs> for me like when i when i went to law school because i didn't know what else to do and then i got a job at vogel and gates which was at the time very prestigious um but i didn't know what i was doing i showed up at work i was terrified most of the time like people would walk by talking to each other and i always thought they were talking about me i'm sure they didn't even know who i was but i was very paranoid and i was um i was worried all the time that i wasn't doing good enough job. And uh, I felt isolated and I didn't really understand why I felt that way. But I also felt like I I didn't have a choice. And that was just what I was going to do because, you know, I went to law school and I worked at this prestigious law firm. And what was I going to do? You know, give that up and do something that society says is, is less whatever, um, less of a marker of success. And so it just took me a while to to realize that those things, what everyone else is telling you to your point, isn't that important. And to find your your center, like what really matters to you, what do you value, um, what are you trying to do, whether it's in the world or for your friends or for your organization, and really be guided by that as as opposed to just when somebody either says you're amazing or you're horrible, just to not just go, you know, your whole mood changes on that. Um, and also the need to not assimilate. I think that as a woman and as a woman of color going into literally a law firm that was 98% white and probably 75% male, um, do that whatever that piece is, is just like put that to the side because you've got to figure out how to how to work in this space. So having had no guidance on all those things, I, I just had to figure it as a, as I went. And to be candid, I think when I finally just like whatever, take me as I am, was when I had a kid, which is the most, you know, humbly experience ever. <laughs> You're just like, okay, all right, what else? Bring it on. So, so um, it's the most humbling experience. And also for me was, was the greatest perspective setter. 
like suddenly I'm like, okay, I know without any question what matters more than anything. And I think when you when you realize that, then everything else you can manage because you you everything else is it's just a matter of perspective. Thank you for sharing that bit of your journey. It's um, I think we we've all had our own and we've all had moments of you know success and failure. And that there's I think for me that that coming into your own, if you will, or sort of getting clearer about the things that you really care the most about rather than the things that other people think you should care about or the way you think you should be is a is a very liberating sort of moment and for some it happens early and for some it happens later and for some it happens in tiny little steps along the way but that notion when you can kind of connect to the things you really care about and you can put that into practice in your life in ways that matter to you, regardless of what the rest of the world thinks of that, that's a very empowering, sort of freeing, liberating sort of moment that I think is healthy for everyone. Nathan McKinnon, head to the board by Tana, centering pass, blocked off, the Kraken win game seven. They knock off the defending Stanley Cup champs. as sort of the energy and the joy of the Kraken sort of took over the city last year. And what was that? What was that like for you personally? What was that like inside the organization? Uh, you've had sort of a front row seat as at a incredible, phenomenal, you know, almost seemingly overnight success and of the organization. What's that? What's that like to be a part of? It was really magical, you know, and it was heartwarming. It was uplifting. It was, um, as you said, every so often we stop and we're like, wow, we've done a lot in five years, you know, <laughs> we were just a hole on the ground. It didn't have a name, didn't have a team. We also have to say just really a lot of gratitude to our fans and our city and frankly, the other sports teams, because we were welcomed with open arms from the beginning. Sports have that strange power to bring people from very different backgrounds and walks of life and political uh, affiliations and perspectives together to cheer for something in common, to mourn in common, and to get behind something and believe in something. And it's, um, I think, with all the stressors of the world and the news, like that's one of the reasons I think sports is such, uh, it's, it's such an incredible outlet. Hopefully, this is being watched by lots of leaders at Selen. And what advice would you have for a young, emerging, or maybe late career emerging leader at Selen who, um, you know, what, what's your advice on people's leadership journey? Most all of us struggle most of the time. Things take a long time, but but try to, to keep heart and to keep going. And to not worry so much about what everybody else might be thinking about you or might not be thinking about you at all. And then I think the last thing I would say is, the last two things. One, I would say take responsibility for your situation. Um, I think with the people who are saying, oh my God, this happened to me and this happened to me and this happened to me. Like if you if you see yourself as a victim of, of life, you will be a victim of life. And yes, things happen around us that we can't control, but, but we can control how we respond to them. Uh, and... Uh, we have a choice to to get ourselves out of a rut. We have a choice to lean on our friends. We have a choice to you know feel a certain way about a situation, uh, and and that's on us. So I think owning that, taking responsibility, is also liberating because we can't say, oh well, there's nothing I can do because actually there is something we can do. And the last thing I will say is is I have found that positivity, gratitude, uh, humility. 
hope and authenticity are keys to to happiness. I really appreciate your willingness to share some of your story and your thoughts with us today. It's super helpful. Um, I really admire how authentic you are and what a great leader you are. And, you know, we've, we've come a long way from the kids' table. So um, it's fun to get a chance to share some of our experiences. And I really appreciate your willingness to do that with, with everybody here at Salon. Well, thank you, Scott. Always great to be in conversation and share space with you.